Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. So glad that you are spending some time with us once again today. And as always, we've got some really great stuff we're going to share with you throughout the show. We're going to be talking about deconstructionism again. Yeah, because it's such a huge movement, um, not just in the church, but in culture at large. And Chris has talked several times. In fact, we've both talked many times about how it really is ideology from the pit of hell. And now we have proof. We can show it to you. We're not just, you know, saying that for hyperbole. Um, Also, we're going to have right on way off, as we always do. Looking forward to that. Mike Shaw will be with us. But, Chris, you want to start out the show talking about negative TV. What do you mean by negative TV? Well, I have an idea what you mean by negative TV, but what what, what you got over there? <laughs> this is not negative TV. It's okay. why do people choose negative TV? Oh, it's another layer. Yeah. Okay. I stumbled across got this study uh, being reported on by Karen Nikos Rose of UC Davis. And she talks about how people watch negative TV to combat life's stresses. What? The study actually suggests that the more stressed and negative you are will make you choose negative TV to continue to wallow in your mud. I am so in trouble yeah. with my forensic yeah. files and my British murder mysteries. Well, you know, What does that say about Check this me? out now. Researchers have long known that people use media to manage their emotions. We know that. Yes, yes. In absolutely. fact, as a Christian, you should be sharing Fresh Road Media with everybody because your inputs affect your outputs. And i yep. got to be honest with you, we're serving up some pretty good broadcasting here. We want to impact you. There's no, des- no question about that. So why would you sit down with your remote control and watch a Disney animated or Pixar flick versus mm-hmm. a biopic about the Holocaust. Oh. Yeah. So Richard Husky, an assistant professor of communication and corresponding author of the study, mm-hmm. did a three-year from 2020 to 2023, which included both pandemic closures and non-pandemic months. Researchers observed that most of the hundreds of people in their study had persistent preference for negative media. Now, when I read this, it, it just... I'm like, wow, okay, what's behind this? What's going on? You know, let's get to the bottom of it. What questions do you have, Emily? Because you know nothing about this. I don't know. I feel like I know so little I can't even formulate a question right now. (laughs) This is interesting, though. Yeah. Um, So in other words, what they're saying is kind of the more deeper, darker situations you might be in yourself, you'll look to those same types of things at a deeper level as a form of entertainment yeah. because it helps you manage your emotions. You're thinking along the right All lines right. now. Listen, the study composed of three separate computational decision, decision-making experiences. Ooh, All right. That sounds scientific. Experiments. <laughs> not, I'm sure it was experiences, but it was experience. Okay. Uh, since I'm not getting paid, let me repay. Let me re- <laughs> Let, let me rephrase that. This time with feeling. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to care, but <laughs> here we go. A three composed of a three separate computational decision-making experiments, and it was pu- published in the Journal of Communication, June 12th. Okay. Okay. So this is somewhat new. I got a fly that's just pestering me here. Yeah. And I would never say that, but we're on camera now. <laughs> <laughs> you audio listeners, have I mentioned how much I love you? Yeah, you don't want to look uh, like a freak just yeah. flailing around. All right, with let me your... just continue on with my thing here. <laughs> the, way, <laughs> the way researchers used <laughs> to think about how people use media to manage their emotion goes like this. Okay. Okay. It, uh, this is Husky. He's explaining this. Yeah. 
who is also the principal investigator of the Cognitive Communication Science Lab. Ooh, Ooh I like I bet, that. I bet he knows what he's doing. Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, and he's an affiliate researcher with the UC Davis Center for Mind and Brain. Okay, very hmm. good. Okay, here's what he says. The reason someone decided to watch a sitcom rather than a crime drama last night might be because they had a bad day at work and wanted something to help improve their mood. Okay. This yes. explanation, however, has received mixed support since the 1980s when it was first started to be researched. If the explanation I described is true, why would anyone want to watch movies like Schindler's List? Right. So researchers from UC Davis and Michigan State collaborated to get to the bottom of it in mm-hmm. this three-year study as the result, which mm-hmm. just was published. And to me, it's fascinating. Yeah. They observed studies with college students in national represented population by age. So from college students on up, uh, they they looked at uh, age, gender, race, more than 500 people in all. Now, you know my rule. That's pretty good. That's uh, that's acceptable. You're at the the low end, but it's acceptable. The the number I always look for is 1,000. And, and when they, yeah, no, okay, a, th- no a, a sampling of a thousand <laughs> is more legitimate to me than a sampling of 500. Always, but, the bigger, the better. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, and so here's what they found. Okay. Not only did research study people's media professions, but they also uh, decided what to watch. Let me, again, I'm not being paid. So let me start again. Not only did the researchers study people's media preferences, but also how they decided what to watch. That is what makes computation models so powerful, Jason Gong, a doctrinal candidate and lead author on the study, said. Mm-hmm. Can you tell I'm reading an article? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's riveting. Riveting, dear. <laughs> they provide new insights into the psychological processes that govern our decisions. What is being said here? It's what's being said here is that they're trying to figure out why we psychologically want to just veg out to a sitcom tonight to improve our mood or no we don't want that we want to stay in our negativity so show me the holocaust you know you mm-hmm. get what i'm saying i mm-hmm. mean that's what they're trying to to find out now they did have one little thing that they found that i wanted to share with you okay is it and like a caveat it's a caveat what? okay um the result of everybody preferring negative over positive because that's what they did at the end of the day more people like in a huge amount i'll get to the statistics here if i yes. got them in a second yeah 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 they make the decision to go negative in their TV watching to stay in their negativity, like 65%. Okay. Except for... Except for... <laughs> adults over 50 years old. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What are they doing? The adults over 50 years old tend to seek more escapist, escapist media entertainment options, oh, okay. and they seek for less negativity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the way I think now, which I know is much different than I thought when I was in my 20s... Mm-hmm. If my TV choices and our entertainment choices are the same thing, I'll give you an example. Okay. There's three movies out that I want to see in the theater right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And Sound of Freedom is one that I want to see in the theaters, but it's probably leaving. Yeah. Um, and we've seen so much of it that, that you know, but you got to be in the mood for that movie. You know, True, you, yeah. That, that is not a... Like Passion of the Christ. Yes. It's really Passion a Passion of the Christ, Schindler's theme. List, now yeah. Sound of Freedom. I put think it's in the same thing. Uh, the latest from Christopher Nolan, Um Oh, and nefarious. nefarious. No, 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 no. Uh, Atomic Bomb Guy. Oppenheimer. Oh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, and then, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. my love with Tom Cruise continues. I want to see the latest Mission Impossible. The point of making that decision, <laughs> the point of making that decision. And by, by the way, he does, he does, he he loves Tom Cruise. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he always has. Every once Ever in a while. Ever since the like, movie Taps. 
I just really need to see Tom Cruise run. I don't understand it, but okay, <laughs> go ahead. I do honey. not say that. <laughs> you have said that. I do not say that. <laughs> I just appreciate his thespian skills. They they connect with me. Same with Tom All right. Hanks. All right. My two Toms, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. I like their movies. Sorry. All right. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so th- what makes you want to make some of these decisions? I think there's spiritual implications in this study that shows okay. that sometimes we don't want to go to God in prayer. Sometimes we want to stay in our negativity. Or sometimes we go to God and just complain. Or sometimes we just murmur and don't go to God. Uh-huh. The point is, is that as it, we get older, we want to escape these negative things. and We want to have entertainment options that actually m- move us from negative to positive. Right, right. The younger you are, the more you're l- more likely to stay. want to stay there. Yeah, yeah. And mood, mood swings are a real, real deal. In fact, I was just preaching about Saul and David back in uh, 1 Samuel 16. Mm-hmm. Saul went into some major mood swings. So what makes us choose to go positive versus negative? I think the Holy Spirit does a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you start talking about deconstructionism and a lot of these other things, there's a negative around not having a firm understanding. In other words, finding the spiritual maturity to accept the mysteries of God. Just accept them as mysteries and that God's ways are higher than your ways. His sovereignty over your life is better mm-hmm. than the way you can figure everything out. Because at the end of the day, trying to figure everything out and know the mysteries of God is what leads people to ask questions about their faith that can't be answered. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves them headed down a road of doubting, which the Bible in Jude says, Jude 23 or 24 says, be merciful to the doubter. Well, they're now starting to celebrate their doubting. Yeah. So back yeah. to you on the deconstruction front. What do you what do you got going on there? And how can that blend in with the research that well, I was so I wanted, enamored with? I wanted to back up and talk more about your research. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not my research. I, I, well, <laughs> <laughs> I did a three year study with five hundred college students. <laughs> no. Yeah, you did a you did a thirty year study with the uh, television that your wife watches. Yeah, there you go. Um but I yeah, think you know exactly. I think that there's definitely something to it. I and I don't disagree with it at all, but I do think that there are dynamics there that you kind of have to separate. For instance, what do you mean by negative? You know, you can watch a documentary about the Holocaust, but you can also watch a horror movie. You know what I mean? And like, I yeah. can't do horror movies. I, I don't like that. Have, you ever, also, have you ever seen the thing comedy drama? Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Well, they're trying to tell drama type stories, but they want to have a lighthearted feel to a vibe to right, it. Right, right. That would be the only one that I think would fall in the category of. You know, so what do you choose? I think it's are you looking to be entertained uh, and laughing or are you looking to be entertained and seeing other people as miserable as you <laughs> or worse than you? <laughs> you know, which doesn't take you long to you can look around anywhere and find people worse than you, right? Yeah, I just I still think that there's a deeper dynamic there because when you're talking about like, am I looking for a true story? Do I want something, you know, riveting and compelling that I'm going to go wow, I can't believe that person lived through that or did that or accomplished that. And, of course, everything great that gets accomplished, you go through some hardships there. Um, Or is it just negativity for negativity's sake? Because, Chris, we'll turn on, like, a sitcom, and pretty soon we're just watching people yell at each other. And it's like, this is supposed to be a half-hour comedy sitcom. 
And it's like, turn it off. If I want to hear people arguing and fighting, I'll call the kids back in the room. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't think people appreciate how hard (laughs) it is to be in a writer's room to come up with episode 137. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why. It's true. You know, The Big Bang Theory lasted 12 years, and I think it's going down as the number one comedy in history Mm -hmm. sitcom. And um, they should have quit at nine. Yeah. You know, 10, 11, and 12 were kind of, you could see the forceness and. You know, Seinfeld, you know, they left. Look, Roseanne. Roseanne Barr had a great thing going, and you know what she did? She tried to get serious. She didn't realize people were tuning in to escape. People were wanting that escapism and, and, so and to be able to laugh at themselves. Anyway, and, yeah. let, me, let me finish then. I'll finish. Right. I, I, I abbreviated it because I thought you wanted to move on with your show about deconstruction. No, let's so. talk about that. I love this. Okay. is a great topic. Well, tell that to your face. <laughs> <laughs> Great, okay, because I'm topic. reading the vibe here. I'm like, I'm reading it wrong because I'm like, you're. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking when I Listen think, I get a serious look on my face. <laughs> Listen yeah. to this. The researchers used a computational model to okay. investigate when people make more cautious or careless choices, okay. and found that people are much more cautious. Are you ready? Yes. When two very similar choices are offered. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. Netflix, for example, places really similar choices side by side, such as series of spy movies or, you know, costume dramas or comedies. And it can lead to indecision by a a viewer, the researchers observed. But when the viewers channel surf or look at apps or other apps that offer movies or entertaining programs, the viewer can make choices among different types of media. Right. That can make a viewer less cautious about their choice. Well, yeah. Now, under that circumstances, people are more likely to choose the negative media option. Okay. Why? Mm. The study doesn't answer that question. I'm asking that question, oh. and I believe there is a spiritual answer yeah. as to why. What's what do you, what do you think the spiritual answer? Well, is? I, the spiritual answer is is you know how are you what is your walk with the Lord like today? Yeah. You know, I mean, even if you are the most sanctified, growing Christian in the world, you're still going to have moments of dullness, and you're going to have to have days where you wake up keeping with repentance that you weren't planning on the day before. Mm-hmm. Look, as a as a you know, I used to always call myself a Bible scholar wannabe, but I think it's almost I think it's time uh, to give up the wannabe thing. I mean, I'm in the Bible all the time, and I have a problem. And the problem is, is I go to read a story. Let's just say Luke 15, the prodigal son story. Mm-hmm. I've read that no fewer than 100 times, maybe 200, maybe 1,000. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. So when I go to start reading it, I know the story already, and so I don't read it. Right, right, I just right. skim it. Yeah. And when I stop and maybe make an intentional move to just, okay, I'm going to read this paragraph again, like the first time, just in my mind, just clear my mind, uh, and then read it, unbelievable how God will speak to you again through his word. Absolutely. So that's what I think is, you know, there's an option here to see in this study, the choice of just making that negative TV option, how it's hard to make choices when you have so many things around you. You add that to the other psychological studies, like why is it that uh, somebody will be, you know, will fall down at a bus stop with 10 people around and they'll say, and they'll scream out, help me, and nobody moves. Right. But if they look at one person, any of them, and they say, will you help me, that person 97% of the time will step forward and start to try to help. Right, exactly. It's it's just the weird human condition, which I think is part of our fallen nature, which I find fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's riveting. There's Thank a whole you. book on it if you want to know the, the glad truth about that. Glad your face caught up with the conversation. <laughs> this is good. No, you know, talking about how having so many choices and putting things together and it actually makes people consider things more cautiously. Um, it reminded me of a story that a pastor once told us. He and his wife were on the mission field in Africa, I believe it was, for years. And every morning they woke up and it was like oats and wheat for breakfast, oats and wheat, like every mm-hmm. single morning. They had mm-hmm. the same thing. And then life went on. Everything's fine. They came back to the United States. They're setting up their house and everything. And she had a coupon for some, you know, cereal. Let's just say wheat checks. <laughs> I don't know if it was wheat checks. I'm going with wheat checks. <laughs> but it, she said, run into the store. Grab a box of wheat, wheat checks and come back out. Here's the coupon. So he goes in there and he's in there for like 15 minutes. And she's like, man, there must be like a problem in the checkout or something like that. He comes walking out finally with nothing in his hand but that stupid little coupon. And she's like, what are what are you doing? And he said, I walked in there and there's so many boxes of cereal. I, I, I like I couldn't find it right away. And then I'm looking and I'm wondering and – Pretty soon he's like, I, I just couldn't, my brain just stopped yeah. and I had to leave because he was not used to all those choices. You know? Now, did you mention it, that they were missionaries in Kenya for 25 straight years? I before? Did. Okay, I didn't hear that. I part. did. Well, you never listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key Pay part of the here. story. Pay you know, attention you, here. you know, the key part of the story is environment. And now know, we know why Chris got bad grades. Okay. <laughs> So that is right in line with Netflix and how they've mm-hmm. lined it up. Chris, you and I have and, – and there's a common problem. You and I have sat down to let's find something to watch and we'll sit there and surf and watch and search for 30 minutes. For, and there's just nothing – and pretty soon we just go do something else. So we spent 40 minutes watching our television, but we didn't watch anything. Yeah. You know? Well, and a that's lot a of that – a common problem. A lot of our problem is stand-up comedy. Because we love stand-up comedy. We used to do stand-up comedy. We are huge fans. We love the craft. We love everything about it. Mm-hmm. And we have a rule. Mm-hmm. We start a, we try a new comic, and as soon as he goes in, in one of – well, there's three things. It goes in one of those directions, really – we just we're out. Yeah, we're just out. We, yeah. you know, you <laughs> there's very few to choose from anymore. If and you, even the ones that start out good after several years will just start going in yeah. the tank. So, well, and yeah. I'll give you an I'll give you an, a, a legitimate example for those of you who know stand up comedy. And that is Bill Burr. Bill Burr is one of the best storytellers you will ever hear. But you can't recommend him, and you can't have him on uh, because he just cannot stop using the F word in every other sentence. Yeah. And sorry, bro, uh, as good as you are, I don't need that in my life. And you that's know? Just, it's just an example of how God has really gifted everyone. Mm-hmm. He's gifted everyone with something great. And so even though someone may not be a Christian or whatever, they still yeah. have a gifting. They still have things that they can contribute. But whether people are going to accept what they can contribute will determine, you know, like if you have a godly person, they're just not going to accept that stuff. Well, so, here, here's yeah. the thing. The thing about Bill Burr that drives me nuts is he's he's one of the few that uses a lot of profanity mm-hmm. but doesn't need to. Right. Like Jim Gaffigan, Brian no Regan. Needs these to. guys are not Christian <laughs> comics per se, but they're clean. You can watch them with your with your mom in the room and not cringe or your kids in the room and not cringe. Right. A lot of the storytellers that use a lot of profanity, quite honestly, without it, they wouldn't be – they couldn't make it. They they need that as their crutch. Yeah. 
so, and so anyway. Yeah, uh, getting back to what you said, because I think you kind of I'm off into the ditch on stand-up you, comedy now. I know, right. You have a story for everything. <laughs> um, but you hit the nail on the head, I think, Chris, when you talked about the human condition. And I think that is human nature. Let's read through the Bible. How many times does God say, fear not, fear not, fear not? <laughs> What are you laughing at? <laughs> Kazoon tight. Okay. You can uh, hear that? Yeah. How I, many how I, many times does God mic, say though. fear not? He says it a lot. How many times does does God say, you know, woe it back on the confidence? You know what I mean? Yeah. Not very often. He might say something like, you know, don't think too highly of yourself or something he like that. He actually does say that. But um but n- there's not a lot of that. Mm. Also, um, you know, what's another thing? I don't know. He, it, it's human nature to complain and to grumble. And how many times has God said, you know, don't do that or punish someone for doing that? And yet, when does he say, hey, you know, the joy, enough already? Yeah. Well, this show is Christian living joy and, you know, the joy of being a Christian, having fun. I mean, we have it better than everybody. Why do we have a sour look on our face? And a Bible apologetics. The Bible is our final authority. Right, That's what right. this show's about. So I think it really is human nature. We just tend to gravitate when left to our own defenses. We tend to gravitate towards the negative, towards the bad, towards the, you know, we're sheep, we are mm-hmm. sheep. We wander off, and that's just our natural tendency. I think that's part of what's going on there, mm-hmm. is that is human natural tendency to go negative. Okay. I think it is. All right. What's next? Um, so let's talk about some negative things, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I say we go full on. Full on negative. Yeah. Now, Let me- how... Let me put my angry eyes on for the camera. Yeah. Mm. How absolutely negative can you get other than talking about the one that truly opposes the God of the universe? And that is Satan himself. Now, Chris, you and I, we've been battling against of late um, deconstructionism Mm -hmm. or deconstruction. And it's really not any different than what we've seen in the past as far as postmodernism, the emergent church, so on. Satan repackages the same game. Repackages it. So it's been kind of, uh, that's been just kind of a recent battle that we've had to kind of expose that. And it doesn't come easily. I mean, there's a lot of people that have maybe never heard of it. Um, And so when we come out and, hey, this is, this is, this ideology is from Satan himself, a lot of people are reluctant to just, oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, no, that couldn't be, you know, they, they don't necessarily want to believe that. Yeah. But they'll believe, well, people just don't understand. Well, we have proof today, Chris, you came across this. I don't yeah. even remember last week, the week before. Um, uh, yeah, somebody in our church uh, texted me it. Yeah. Well, um, why don't you tell about it? Because you got it. I uh, mean, you got the information, okay. right? Well, it's your show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the deal. Is deconstructionism from the pit of hell? Yes, it is. And, and you at the top of the show said you had proof. One of the evidences of that is what is called... SatanCon. It is 
It is the uh, atheist Satan worshippers uh, alternative to Comic-Con. Yeah. And it's really sad that that's going on in the United States, but it is. And they're actually, um, I don't even know what you call them, the Satanists. That's yeah. what they are. They yeah. worship Satan and they have this gathering. And in 2023, um, one of the things that they want to do is they want to have this deconstructing your religious upbringing, what do you call it, breakout session, or it's part of it. That's the title of the teaching moment at Mm -hmm. Satan worship, deconstructing. Right there. It's deconstructing your religious upbringing. upbringing. Look at the name of the instructor. Uh, Judas Marduk. 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 Marduk is a god that's uh, that opposes Yahweh. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. I learned yeah. something so today. To name Marduk. Yourself, to name yourself Judas, Judas Marduk, Marduk is, is like, to say I'm totally opposed to God. That is an yep. a, a thumb in the in the in the in the eye of God. And I I've been saying that this is uh, a, a satanic deal. Mm-hmm. Deconstructionism is from the pit of hell. It's a satanic deal. It's a doctrine of Satan, if you will. Right. And somebody said, well, somebody's practicing deconstruction. I'm calling them a Satanist. That's not it. No. It's that it's such a doctrine of Satan. Even the Satanists are having it as part of They're their thing. There it is. It. They're embracing this methodology that is trying to get into and infiltrate the church. Deconstructionism, if you haven't heard of it before, is basically... Uh, a method of approaching the scriptures where we say scripture is not going to interpret scripture. God's not going to reveal what he means by his word. We're going to tell you what it means. My personal experience, my culture, me, myself, and I, I'm going to read God's word and I'm going to determine for myself what it actually means. We all know how dangerous that is. We've talked mm-hmm. about it many times. Yep. Um, and so this is a methodology that is trying to get into the church. Chris and I have been, you know, trying to inform people about it and have let people know it, it's not going to be a part of the churches that we are either, that you, Chris, are either pastoring or we are attending. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, people have been, their eyes have been opened. I've been really excited and really happy to see that people are understanding they're making the connection. Oh, yes, this yeah. is contrary Safe people to who get explained the basics biblical. of it, they get it right away. Yeah, biblical instruction. It is absolutely contrary. The fact that SatanCon and these Satan worshipers, I hate even saying that word, but that's what they are. That's what they call themselves. Um, but it just, I recoil even when I have to say the word. Um, they are loving this. They're embracing mm-hmm. it. And they are even calling for the need to deconstruct what you were taught as a child with regard to your faith. And what they want to do is they want to take some of the mysteries of God and they want to plant doubt. And if you go back to the Garden of Gethsemane, it is the same thing. Did God say? Hath God said? Did God really mean it like that? Is that what it's supposed to be? See, there's honesty, there's authentic, and there's truth. And next week, I want to bring a picture and an explanation. But my congregation gets to see it first this Sunday. Okay. And it will help you open your eyes, to, especially to the deconstruction side and how dangerous it is. Mm. Now, when we deal with deconstructionists, we have always tried to be nice. We've always tried to be friendly. We've always tried to show love and respect. and Point and, out the you know, error. And, and common, yeah. common sense. But if you are caught up in that, or you know somebody who's caught up in it, 
now is the time. It, it, the, the time for niceties is over. It's time to just be plain with people. Yeah. Uh, don't sugarcoat things. Yes, try to approach some people hat in hand as best you can. But trust me, if they are deep in the deconstruction movement and that is their God, they will hate you for pointing out the uh, the problems with it. So, well, I did a little more research into it, and it was really interesting. Yes, I'm I've sorry. got I got a fly that's bothering. <laughs> and, and and if we were on regular radio, then He's, I wouldn't have to. Ad- there's a fly. Mike that's Shaw on these cameras dive bombing Chris <laughs> at every glance. That's because anyway. you do kind of attract bugs. I, I know, mean, but then I forget my train of thought. Because it's not, he's not bothering. He's not bothering me. So I don't know what smelly smells. That I tell you what, that fly smells. But I he want, likes you. I want to go deeper into honesty, authentic, and truth about how deconstructionists basically manipulate people into giving up on Jesus. Yeah, it's a faith. You have to take it by faith. And you're going to choose to believe it, being an atheist is a faith. You know? Absolutely. You know, uh, it's a religion. It's a religion. It's evolution a belief, is it's, a religion. Right. It's, it's a belief system. There's as much science and evolution as pork in the pork and beans. <laughs> you know, we all have the same evidence. Unfortunately for the evolutionist, all the evidence in the fossil records points hand and glove to a creator God who intelligently designed all of this. And the Bible still is true, word for word, and cover to cover. Emily, I think we need to take a break and bring Mike Shaw in. All right. I do want to make one more point. Okay. And I don't know if you want to do it after the break or before. Well, I was going to, you know, it's your show. (laughs) Here, look. There's Emily. Go. Tell people what you want to tell them. Wait a minute. (laughs) I got something else to say. Because I think that this this whole rise of the Satan worshiping and atheism in the United States— um, you know, it's bad, it's awful, but on the same token, we are able to really see distinctly and more clearly certain thoughts, ideologies, and things that are put forward where they really, truly come from. For what do you instance, mean? well, the Church of Satan, um, yeah. it, it's growing, actually. It's still not really that large, but it is growing and they have an agenda, and one of their agenda, one of the points in their agenda is to become very politically active mm-hmm. and to get engaged, which is really interesting when the Christians and the church has been told for years, separation of church and state, separation of church and state. You know, you can't do that, you can't say that, and all these things lie, big fat lie from the pit of hell when you turn around and the church of Satan— says, no, we're going to get politically active and politically involved, and they want to engage in that arena. So Satan is telling Christians, you can't be in that arena, and Satan is saying, we're going to take over that arena. So it is. It's a lie. If you are a Christian, you belong in the political realm. If you are a Christian, you can you can talk, you can say, if you're a pastor, if you're a church, you can, you can support the pro-life movement. You can talk about those political issues issues in the truth that's really there. So I just thought that that was an interesting dynamic, Yeah, how the Church of God, the Church of Jesus Christ, is being told you can't participate politically, and yet the Church of Satan is—that's one of their pillars. We're going to get involved politically. And the founding of our nation was absolutely the reverse, where Christians were, we have to be involved politically. You know, yeah. So, well, and that's that's a great point. I mean, we have to talk about the truth 
from the pulpit, but we have people that have been brainwashed into thinking you can't, you can't talk about that. anything. And, you know, you know, there's a, there's a certain legitimacy to that. I mean, you want to go to church and have somebody just rail about this political thing or that political thing all the time. Right. Um, well, but you've yeah. got to talk about issues and they're wanting you to politicize every issue. So that means now you're just down. Some people are like, we don't want to talk about anything. We just want to yeah. point people to Jesus. It's like, that's kind of good on one hand until you think it through deeper then it's, no, right. you're pretty. You're pretty incredibly weak because well, Jesus talked about the issues, and the issues is what got him killed. Yeah, you. Okay, and you make the, a, uh, and, go and, ahead. Well, I don't want to leave on that because that's just a flippant <laughs> turn of phrase. The, I heard Chris Danielson say that Jesus, the issues got Jesus killed. It's like no, I, that kind of. But there's so much more to the story. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but you do make a really good point, and that was I kind of lost it now because we mm. went through so much. Yeah, stuff. that what happens to me point? all the time lately. Uh, I don't know. I think it's our diet. <laughs> <laughs> Might be something in the Iowa water. Maybe something we're watching on TV. I don't know. I don't know. Let's take a break and bring Mike Shaw back with Right On Way Off, should we? Yeah, let's do it. If you find your point in the next five seconds, we'll stop. It's it's. A, I don't. I don't. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I All remembered. Right. Okay. And it was actually a point that you made about the whole political arena over the last several decades. That's exactly yeah. what Satan has been doing. Any. Christian issue when it comes to marriage, when it comes to life, when it comes to all those things, what is happening? Politicians are getting involved Mm -hmm. and they're starting to dictate things and mandate things. Well, now it's a political issue. So if you have someone, you know, brainwashed is a really good word uh, that you used to believe that there's supposed to be some mystical separation of church and state. All the, all the political arena has to do is pick up every single issue as a political issue, and guess what Christians get to talk about then? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So don't buy the lie. There <laughs> is no separation of church and state. Christians need to be involved in the political arena. We're reaping the fruit of them not being in the political arena right now. And so, Well, yeah. just so people don't think that you're crazy, and I don't want, oh, I don't want you to lose credibility with anybody, yeah. when you say that there's not separation of church and state, you're talking about how it's been um, hijacked. Right. The separation of church and state as written by the founding fathers, it's pretty it obvious. In, no, that was just a phrase in a letter. That wasn't uh, like in a document. Okay. It wasn't in a formal document. The whole point of what they were talking about with the separation clauses yes. all over and the dialogue yeah. all over yeah. was that the government can't come and mandate what religion there's going yeah, to be. Yeah, it restricts It wasn't government. about Christians talking about keeping the government in check. Yeah. So you add the Second Amendment, and common sense would tell you that the right to bear arms and the right to free speech and the right to free religion and all of those things in the first and second amendment is because we don't want the government getting out of control. Yeah. Not, you know, so, I mean, that's where the problem was. And we were in high school in the, in the late seventies, early eighties, when a lot of the separation stuff was being debated and it was like, I can't believe people can't, can't see the forest from the trees. But it was Satan's plan. And and here's the thing. Everybody will cheer on the satanic church for getting involved (laughs) in politics Everybody cheers on the yeah. Muslims and the Islamic Church for getting involved in politics. Right, right. I mean, they even have their Muslim political arms, and so do we. We have Christian packs and stuff like that. But right, anyway, right, right. we've got to stay strong for such a time as this. We've got to speak the truth. We've got to have appropriateness when it comes to try to have the right tone with folks. I get all that. But on the same token, now is the time. So all right. we're going to take a quick break. We're back with Mike Shaw around the corner on No Apology with Emily and Chris, a product of FreshRoadMedia.com, listener supported. Go to the website. Give your best gift right now. We really, really could use it. Appreciate it. See you around the corner. 
Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. The home is FreshRoadMedia.com. We are listener-supported, which means we can only bring this broadcast and do this outreach around the world that we're planning on doing with your support. Would you prayerfully think about going to FreshRoadMedia.com and giving your best gift right now? And while you're there, there's a spot when you go to the No Apology link mm-hmm. that says Be On The Show. Oh, yeah. Click on that and leave a voice message for us. Just tell us your name and state. Leave a voice message about anything we're talking about, deconstruction, uh, any of this stuff, negative TV watching, whatever we got going on. We got more guests coming in the future. We've got a lot of things planned. Um, and, you know, it's just like... I got I got a plan to say drive to Chicago. I need to know I have enough gas to drive to Chicago. That's what we're trying to do right now. So we need you to stand with us. Yes. All right, Emily, what are we doing on your show going forward? It's that time of year. Uh, actually, the time of the show. Right on way off. It's my favorite time. We can't do it, though, without our friend, Mike Shaw. Uh, Mike Shaw, there he is. From Jesus is Coming Soon with Mike Shaw. It's the most wonderful time (laughs) of the show. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. You can hit a note, too. We should have you, like, do a little jingle for the show. Me, me, me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll start a jingle singer's uh, website. Hey, there you go. Mike Shaw, Jesus is Coming Soon. (laughs) It's on FreshRoadMedia.com, another show that we've launched uh, probably too soon with no funding. So go to Fresh Road. Media.com right I like now. working for free. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it uh, you know, builds character. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Um, so, right on way off has become a staple of the show. And normally, Mike Shaw will bring us some news headlines uh. and then we'll talk about world events. And that's still not off the table. But again, right. it's summertime, it's year one. We're just getting started. Yeah. We're going to have Mike Shaw as our studio producer come on and just do right on way off for this particular episode. Correct, Emily? Absolutely. Yeah. When we were on vacation last week, Emily was talking about how she's going to gear up and do all this stuff with the show. It's like, I'm excited. I can't wait. And so we want you listening to grow with us and uh, to be there with us. We have a plan. Help us execute the plan. We have a plan. So, all right, Emily, right on way off. It's up to you. Let's go. And by the way... Big thank you to everyone who has come alongside us yes. so far. Big thank you to you yeah. guys. We really yeah. appreciate it. Okay, so question number one, right on or way off. We are going to have a Mike Shaw singing segment of the show from now on. Great. Right on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was going to say. I, I might be a little joke. way off on that one. I might be too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if, if singing is part of our <laughs> brand. <laughs> It's not my main gift. Let's just say that. All right. All right. Uh, I don't know if you saw in the news, but lab-grown meat is now official. It's here. Lab-grown meat is now on the menu in different restaurants. Is this right on or way off, Chris? Way off. Aww, way off. Why? Well, it is just an awful thing. <laughs> <laughs> You just know it's off, right? Yeah, I know that it's off. All right, Mike. That's how it makes me feel. (laughs) It is like sadness, isn't it? I saw a meme the other day that had like um, fake hamburger, a list of all the ingredients. Most Mm -hmm. of them I couldn't pronounce. And then on the other one, real hamburger, and it just said beef. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so contrary to what people are wanting, the natural, the good right now. I'm way off. I want, I want, I just want real organic stuff. I want our stuff back. I want our, I want our real food back. I know. Mike Shaw, I bet you've been looking up on this a little bit in the news Uh, headlines. What's your thoughts? Right Um, on, way off. I couldn't be more way off. (laughs) This is the number one way off so far, tying with the other ones that were super way off. This is 
a horrible idea. In fact, Chris, if you could play the brand new sound effect on this one, I think this would apply. Yeah, okay. and also Absolutely. it also applies to what we talked about or what you guys talked about earlier too. Okay. So here's how Last I really. Was it? Who could it possibly be? <laughs> was it? Oh, I don't know. Say <laughs> yeah, lab-grown meat from the pit of hell itself. Um, honestly, both, both COVID and meat yes. coming from labs now. Isn't oh, that nice? Yeah. It's by design, um, it, you know, to take a conspiratorial uh, view of it because uh-huh. all my conspiracy theories keep coming true. I know. What's up with that? And so they they don't want us to eat cows because it's too good for you. Yeah. yeah. And then what they – and they're claiming – Global warming, which is false, false, yep, false. Yep, yep. And so they want to, they want us to eat bugs. They want us to eat this manufactured meat. It's, it's a Bill Gates thing. Well, oh, he's been is. on, t- yeah. he's okay. been on TV. He's, saying, he's an easy target, but it's a lot more than that. But it's, go ahead. It's more than that. You're right. But he's been on TV saying everyone should end yeah. up eating this. He's the face, and of you'll it. get used to the taste. And after is he a while. eating it? I no, don't think so. I don't think Bill's gonna. Bill's think, gonna stick to his ribeyes. I, I think he's got wagyu ribeyes every night. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, because I read somewhere that he's got a stockpile of um, heirloom seeds. For food, uh-huh. yeah, and, right, and even seeds are controlled now by government as well. So, so it's just yikes. part of the grander plan to yep. enslave us all. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I'm not kidding. Well, I did <laughs> post this on Facebook, and, and we just played a Dana Carvey. Uh, <laughs> is it Satan? <laughs> right, you know, and and that is the you know the whole devil made me do it kind of thing. Remember, you, if old people can go back and remember Flip Wilson, oh yeah, and and those types <laughs> of things. Great. Anyway, there's a whole theological discussion in there as to why we probably shouldn't do that. But go ahead, Emily. I don't know what you just said. But it's anyway. fun. It's comedy. I don't know how comfortable I am doing Dana Carvey's Church Lady on oh, a show that my name is on. But right. you were comfortable uh, with I'm Flip fine. Wilson in a dress back in the this 70s. Is, look, I mean, this is not on. my show, but I would just like to say, <laughs> lighten up, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all it good. It is all good. Yeah, it's it all is what all is good. the next one, Em? Okay, so no, I'm not done. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm always in a different in a headspace. Hurry, dude. You are just wanting to get through the show, man. Okay, so the lab grow meat. <laughs> is it I that do obvious? Wanna, <laughs> I do want to share a comment that was I joke. that was posted on my Facebook page because mm-hmm. it was really, really good. Yeah. And I don't have the name of the person right in front of me. I'm not gonna share it anyway. But she said Let's you know, go this, with this lab. Shirley. All right, Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Let's go with Gladys. Shirley said, and it just... And Gladys bing. agreed. Okay, can I finish my <laughs> yeah. point? She liked, the, she liked the post. Can I finish? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, She said, that sounds like cancer to me. And I'm like, holy buckets. You've got live cells that are massively reproducing way too quickly than what they normally would. And we're going to consume that? I think she hit the nail on the head, and I think she saw something like that just – that stuck with me. That was a yeah. really good yeah. comment. So, really. yeah, way off for me as well, and I think for most people. All right, question number two. Americans don't feel bad that the women's soccer team lost to Sweden. Are we right on or are we way off? Mike Shaw. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have happened to a nicer person. Um, Megan Rapone. And I, and I hate – and I feel bad. Is it bad. Rapone or Rapinoe? Yes, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's Rapinoe. Okay. Yeah, I think it is. Anyway. Megan. 
um, <laughs> she would have won the match if she yeah. had made that goal. Mm-hmm. It was all on her. Yeah. And she decided to go top shelf on the shot. It's the hardest shot to do on a penalty shot. Mm. You know, keep it on goal. That's the whole thing. And right, right. Nine right. times out of ten, you're going to beat the goalie. If the goalie's up to the challenge and guesses right, well, it is what it is. But if you miss, oh, my goodness. And she has been so anti-America. Yeah. yeah. And you and she's convinced most of the team, not all, but most of the team takes a knee during the yeah. national anthem on yeah. the world stage. Yep. And you can understand why many Americans, unfortunately not all, but many Americans were rooting for Sweden. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. 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 And it was just really interesting. I saw a picture of both teams and it was like, of course, they're Swedish girls. They're very, you know, mm-hmm. tall, blonde, very beautiful women. We all know that, that that's a thing. Athletic feminine. Yeah. Athletic yeah. Femi- yeah. feminine. And it was kind of, there was a stark contrast. We'll just say that between the look of the two teams and not that all the women are in that category or anything. I kind of feel bad if there are women. Yeah. On the team, we who have some just good ones. Don't agree with this. Stuff. We have some good ones on our team, but yeah. it's not the majority. I mean, unfortunately, they worked hard to get there, and it's yeah. really sad now because they are a part of a team that the entire nation is kind of pretty much booing. So, mm-hmm. Chris, what do you think? What's the how, how's the question worded? Americans do not feel bad that the women's soccer team lost to Sweden. Are we right on or way off? I'm right on. Yeah, I'm right on. Um, I have it, my 15 year old me is heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, even 45 year old me is heartbroken. Um, now I just, I'm numb to it. How many knees uh, I, I you got never, in that brain What I'm saying is, is I never <laughs> thought in my lifetime, as I think back to how much USA pride I've had mm-hmm. and, you know, wanting our athletes to do well and just some of the stuff we've been around, Olympic trials, this, and we've yes. been here doing that and that. Um, I've never been more disgusted with the United States team in my life. I know, right? And it's, it's. The f- and and the part of it's not even Megan and her and her platform, although that's disgusting to begin with. Um, somebody who's that anti-American, who hates our country that much, is then put on this major stage to represent the United States. Oh, and gets everybody. Let's not sing our national anthem. Right. Then right. why are you even here? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just disgusted. I'm just disgusted with the whole scene. And then the propaganda, because Fox Sports and FS1, because I watch a lot of racing, particularly NASCAR truck racing, because I know most of the drivers, or not most of them, but a good chunk of them. Anyway, they're just propping this up. Yeah. They're just propping these women up. This is our, these are our heroes. Mm-hmm. This is Women's World Cup. And, and you know, they're going to go and re- win the third or fourth time in a row and no one can beat them. They're, they're, they're just, they're legends. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. They're no. losers. Yeah, legends, that's not And high. now legends. finally in every sense of the word, I'm so happy. And not only not only did they lose, but <laughs> Megan missed the shot. Right. Yep. Welcome to karma, sweet cheeks. Well, I don't think that's karma. Oh, I'm not happy there's with her at all. Wor- there's a better word for that. But yeah, I am not, you, I how mean, about you God, reap what you sow? God puts love in our sow. hearts for people. And, yeah. and, and my mom always used the flat tire analogy. Okay, because for whatever reason, the most righteous thing in our neighborhood was if somebody had a flat tire and you stopped to help them. That's because it happened every day. That immediately puts you in heaven, okay, according to my mom back in the neighborhood. Wow, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, If you stop and help somebody with a tire, I mean, that's big doing. So uh, whenever there was an athlete or something that would happen in sports and I would get so mad when I was a kid, she'd be like, well, would you still help him change a tire? And the whole point of her discussion was... Yeah. That and especially after she came to know Jesus, it even amplified. The whole point of her discussion was, 
You love people and you will help them regardless of how much you hate them. That's called loving your enemy. That's right, true. So right. if Megan Rapinoe has a flat tire across the street from my home or on the road and flags me down, I will help her and I'll wish her well. Yes. I'll share the gospel with her yeah. and, and, and anything I can. And, and, and I pray that she finds salvation. But there's been very few people in America that disgust me in my core more than her because of everything that she's been given and the people that are giving it to her, she's spitting in their face and putting her thumb in their eye. And then we have broadcast people trying to elevate her as if she's some sort of special person. She's not. She's the scourge of our day, in my opinion. And uh, to just dogpile. And that might be strong. <laughs> and that might be strong, yeah. but that's how I feel. And to dogpile a little more, something else I forgot to mention. On Twitter, there's mm-hmm. a short video of a, of a kid about 10 years old. Yeah. Has a small soccer ball, walks okay. up to Megan. And wants an autograph. It's at some event. Yeah. She doesn't even look at him. She does aye, sign aye, it. Aye, aye. And she just hands it to him without thanking him or even looking at him. Engaging with him at all. And yeah. And and there are other clips where she's just really not a kind person, right. apparently. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Back when she was playing uh, in a minor, you know, women professional soccer is not that big. People don't buy tickets. They don't make a lot of money. Right. Apparently, right. That's, that, apparently that's men's sports yeah. fault. Yeah. But that, that's <laughs> right. a topic for another day. Yeah. She's the one, before she got famous from the World Cup, who was playing on one of these little teams when Kaepernick was taking a knee, she started taking a knee. Yeah. So the little organizers and these little minor league uh, women's soccer thing, uh, they played the national anthem before the team came out on the field. Mm. And so when Megan got out there, she threw a public fit that they played the anthem and she didn't get a chance to disrespect America. Yeah. And so yeah. from that moment on, yeah. um, and her sexual preference has nothing to do with my disgust, just so we're clear on that. I just can't stand people who, and normally it's nepotism. Normally it's the grandson. Uh, grandpa started the company. The father grew up in his, in in, uh, in grandpa's shadow, and he was running it. Now the son comes along and just destroys it because he doesn't right. understand what he has. <laughs> He's been given all this stuff, and it just it's, it means nothing to him. That's the way Meg, Megan. That's how. Anyway, much too much soapbox. Okay. I'm well, done. the thing that bothered me the most was I. Uh, Chris, you touched on it. Man, you're just full of lots of insight today. Uh, there was almost <laughs> Am a, I changing your they, mind on stuff? The mm-hmm. media outlets were almost eking up on shaming people if they weren't watching and, and they and they weren't into this women's soccer that, like, if you're not supporting this and you're not into it and you're not, you know, being a part of the audience, then you're the one with the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like whenever that type of manipulation starts rising – uh, red flag, I'm out. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I just don't like that. So, yeah, I think um, I think I'm happy that Americans are kind of finally waking up and character matters. It really yeah. does. Character matters. Remember Martin I'd like Luther it to King matter Jr.? again, wouldn't it? Yeah. Martin yeah. Luther King Jr., I have a dream that we'll be judged by the content of our character and skin color and all that other external stuff does not matter. So... It's good to see when when that actually comes to fruition that, yeah, Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream is still alive. Still and I would hope. like people to make judgments based on character again. Yeah. We're yeah. not allowed. We're not allowed. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and because if you are the, you know, everybody but white males <laughs> has, a, has an excuse as to that has to be, you know. 
That's because the Satanists are t- taking over politics yeah. and the and the and the. It's, things just aren't even rational anymore. <laughs> the they victimization of everything. All right, we, what's the next know, question? We need to go back to things prim and proper. And my last question is kind of in line with some of the things we were talking about earlier, as far as negative uh, entertainment. Right on or way off, British murder mysteries are the best murder <laughs> mysteries. Chris, right on. Oh, I get way to go off. first. You get to go first. I yeah. am I am so far off. <laughs> I am so far way off that you can't even see me. No, I, I, I I'm way off because I know it's your thing and I give you I give you a hard time on it, but they are well done. They are good, but it's probably nothing on my own. Yeah. In my own viewing time, yeah. I have never and probably will never choose a Brit murder mystery to watch to fill my day. The only reason I watch them is because I'm sitting where you are and I just want to be where you are. And so I put up with it. <laughs> I'm way off. <laughs> I think you just have yet to admit that Hercule Poirot impacts you just like Tom Cruise. Like. Mm. Yeah. You love them both, I love don't them you? Both. Yeah. yeah, I do. I, <laughs> I do. knew it. I knew it. And for the record, I, I'm not that big of a Tom Cruise fan, but it's become a running joke, and yes. I just go with it. He and is. you didn't even bring up Keanu. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah. if you want to yeah. see a fanboy, me your and favorites. the Matrix with Keanu. <laughs> Keanu's great, but Neo! John Wick for... Neo's the one. No, not no. And uh, John Wick is just too, it's just basically one fight scene after another with a storyline thick four. enough. That was four. The first two were pretty good. Were they? I have not John Wicked at all. But, yeah. you know, again, my, uh, I don't know. I, it... <laughs> <laughs> I read a lot. I'll put it that Very way. John Wicked is that a verb now? I, I, I'm not John Wicked yet. Yep, yep. Okay. I, I'll put it yep. to you like this: when I when I go on Facebook and 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 post a picture of me with like hot tamales in a in a popcorn thing, saying yeah. this Saturday or you know it's Saturday time for documentary marathon, I get like two likes. So yeah. nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, love documentaries and I love to read. Mm-hmm. All right. And so that's Mike, about it. Mike Shaw, what do you think? Brit- I don't even know if you watch British Murder Mysteries or if you're a fan in any way, shape, or form, but what do you think? So that's my caveat uh, in front. And then okay. I've got another one in the back. So, okay. He's got um, two caveats. I don't watch <laughs> British Murder Mysteries. Uh, right on our way off. So I am, but I am right on, and here's yeah. why. Oh, okay. Uh, two words Sherlock. Nice. Now that doesn't, that's not what we're talking about. Yes, we are. Are we? I mean, it's, it's British and it's, It's that's their murder mystery. Number one murder. What do you think? I was thinking thinking of Perot, Agatha Christie. I was thinking about the Midsummer murder or whatever the other one. Yeah. Mike, I have a name for him. And when she has them on my, I call them the dirge. Okay. I'm just like, how long are you going to have the dirge on the screen there? Because sometimes she doesn't term. even watch them. Sometimes she just has them on while she's yeah. playing on her phone or If or I know whatever. the story already. Or folding clothes yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so it's called it the dirge. Uh, I have to recant what I just said because I actually turned on the old... Jude Law, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Sherlock sure. Holmes, yeah. and watched the first twenty minutes. Yeah. Of, yep. I, yep. I did that by myself in yeah. my yeah. in my yeah. basement yeah. hole that I'm re- relegated to. <laughs> yeah, it's and and so I mean that's in so, Emily's house. That's where pastors yeah. go to watch. So TV. that is pretty much my point. But the reason you know my my contrast was even more stark. Are okay. you going to take? Uh, you can take Sherlock Holmes. You're going to take Matlock and Murder. She wrote. Yeah. See, there's <laughs> you know, no comparison. Like, you know, now, right? Ironsides, Perry Mason, yeah, mic drop. That's good. 
And, you know, I've, I'm sitting there house-sitting for you guys, watching the dogs. Yeah. I don't yeah. have cable myself. Uh-huh. So I'm looking for something to watch on TV. It's amazing how there's nothing. I know, right? But thankfully, I'd never watched Bones before. Oh. So I watched a lot of episodes of Bones, okay. which is very well written. They throw in liberal stuff now and then. But um, that's a pretty good murder mystery. Okay. Mike, but okay. still, you realize it doesn't Sherlock matter Holmes. how many episodes you watch The Bones, you realize you watch basically the same episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, every one. Yeah. There's a medical condition that comes up, and he's breaking the rules to save a life. Every episode. Well, that's what the murder it's like, mysteries are, too. get Gilligan off the island already. They, for crying out loud. It, the way it's written, it just takes really you down good. this ride. Emily you know, used to watch so, it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never I've never watched that one. I had, yeah. There have been You've a few. You've watched Bones, didn't you? I don't know. Bones what was the, good. Didn't watch what Bones. What was the Bones one you watched? I, I did it. Did, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know who you watched stars the, in it. You, the medical thing. When we were in L.A., we were looking down in his backyard. Oh, is that the house guy? House, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was in house. Those oh. were not murder mysteries, though. See, okay, but that's but, the same guy? Same guy. Well, he's from, yeah, he's British. He's I British, know, but he played in house. Say, yes. See, you can't escape it. Even the American <laughs> murder mystery, whatever, they yeah. need a Brit to come in somewhere. Well, and Let's then, not tell anyone you're British. And the American version <laughs> of Sherlock Holmes was a huge hit. With, it was. You yeah. know, Robert so, Downey Jr., uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, well, and we like the the Benedict Cumberbatch version, too, of yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Those episodes were fantastic. Anyway. Um, what, so right on. Yeah, right on. He's right on. Right. What, were, what were we just talking about? There was, there was a great point that was just made. About? About how Sherlock Holmes even Americanized is No, still... it was before that. I, I forget it. I lost it, just like what Emily did. The house guy? <laughs> yeah, the house guy. That's what okay. I was going to say. The house guy and the Bones guy are the same guy. Yeah. So Emily used to watch House all the time. That's why I thought she used to watch Bones all the, all the time. But it's the same thing. Okay. It's a doctor breaking the rules yeah. to save a life. That's I think the, that's you're the just, story. I think you're just seeing that guy on the British ministry murder, murder mysteries that I'm watching. You think I'm think, watching Bones or House. I don't think the House guy is the, <laughs> the Bones guy. It's not the all same. Right. Are they not the same? All I don't right. know. Well, Mike, what's guy. coming up on Jesus is Coming soon this week? Yeah, we're going to take a deeper dive on this world coin. Okay. So you sent me a great article. It was at Epic Times, um, mm-hmm. but it was very well written, very long, very comprehensive, and I have some reactions to it. Is it the mark of the beast? Is it going to help lead to the mark of the beast? Um, what does artificial intelligence have to do with all of what they're doing? And people voluntarily giving up their biometrics is mm. huge. Um, I in one, some way it's not a ba- as bad as you might think it is, and in some ways it's worse. So right, right. We'll be talking more about that on our next yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, if, if you go to freshwordmedia.com right now, the current episode that's up, you'll see my interview with uh, Claudia, who I met at the call center. Yeah. And she found out I was a Christian. We just started praising the Lord, and she was healed by she just on fire for Jesus. So it's a uh, uplifting interview. Yeah, yeah very good. Check very it good. out. Freshroadmedia.com. Jesus is coming soon with Mike Shaw is a new show. That's where a lot of the, the news headlines are going to stay. I can't wait to talk about the world coin stuff next week, along with uh, the picture that I want to use to 
demonstrate honesty, authentic. Now, if and you truth. really want a good show, I'm thinking yeah. we need to bring in a British guy <laughs> and <laughs> we, talk about my some British murder. accent is so bad. I would be doing it right now multiple times, yeah. but it's so bad. I it's can't do even, accents. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Mike. Thanks for hanging out with us again today, Emily. Let's yes. turn to you. What are your final thoughts on this episode, whatever number we're on in here in the first week in August? Well, I just want to thank everybody who has Second been. Second week in August. Um, who has been along for the ride because we have had people that have been from the beginning following right along. And I want to encourage people to share this with your family, with your friends. Um, there's a lady that does it. They, her and her husband run a dairy farm and there's a certain part of her day where she just tunes into Fresh Road Media and listens to the broadcast and uh, truck drivers. And Chris, there was somebody in in Omaha, you knew that. that I don't yeah. remember what they do. Uh, well, one of them is a truck driver. Oh, okay. And, and you know, another one jogs a lot. Yes, And then, yes. you know, there's other people that commute yeah. a lot. Uh, we've got people that commute around uh, the Phoenix Valley, yeah. okay, in Arizona that, yeah. that listen. Yeah. And so thank you. Wherever you are listening, you can get it wherever you get podcast content, but you can also go to freshroadmedia.com. For those of you watching on Rumble or YouTube, thank you. Um, if you can't give any financial gift, would you get a hold of the ministry and tell Emily and, and, and Mike Shaw and Larry and Claire and the other people behind the scenes that, you, that you're you're participating? Yeah. I mean, we'd, we'd, we'd need to know. We'd we have like a lot to of people in you. New York as well. I know. We're, Shout out to New York today, huh? Yeah. yeah. I, fl- Florida, there was there was a Kentucky. I mean, wherever you are, uh, reach out to us and tell us hi. Tell us you're listening. Tell us you're hanging out. That's going to do it. Final there thoughts, Emily? Anything else? I just did my final All thoughts. All right. That's it then. Watch a British murder mystery. It'll do your heart good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> On behalf of my best friend and bride, I'm so happy with her show here on FreshRoadMedia.com. It's called No Apology with Emily and Chris. She's my best friend and bride. I'm Chris. You get into the Word of God today and go and serve your kids.